0: what's up y'all exactly living corporate look i'm so appreciative of the content that we create day to day week to week month to month year to year for the past five plus years Yo, it's been a journey and i just want to say thank you to everyone who's been rocking with us. If you didn't know, I'm gonna tell you right now, we exist to center and amplify black and brown folks at work. And we do that by having really frank, authentic conversations. Think about like the conversations you have with a friend or a colleague or a mentor or aspiring mentor or mentee over drinks or coffee or whatever. It's when you're really having those real conversations about career and life and navigating the workplace. I was not privileged to have a ton of those conversations, but But the five that I did (laughs) really blessed me. Now I'm playing. I had more than five. I mean, come on, I've been working for a while, so I've had more than five. It feels like I've had like, I feel like I can count the really authentic conversations though on one hand. And I just remember years ago thinking about what does it look like to bottle that up and make it accessible to thousands of people? Cause everyone doesn't, isn't privileged to have someone that looks like you pull you aside over coffee or just on the side and give you the real talk and that's what living corporate is all about yes you're listening to the flagship show but living corporate is a network of shows and everything that we do is based around authentically centering and amplifying historically marginalized voices at work by investigating interrogating the systems and imagining a better more equitable place to work Yes, we fall into the diversity, equity, inclusion space, but we don't really use that language like that because a lot of that has been co-opted, watered down and centered around people that don't really need it. We're trying to have authentic conversations every single day that center and amplify the people that actually need to be centered and amplified. Which are black and brown people, black and brown women, black and brown queer folks, black and brown trans folks, black and brown, non-binary folks, black and brown, disabled folks, black and brown, first generation people, right? Black and brown folks, period. Right. That's what we're trying to do. And So thank you so much. I'm excited about the conversation you're about to listen to. We'll be right back.
1: James Bugs. Hello. What's
0: going on, man? It's, uh, it's fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be honest. I kind of feel like I'm talking to the guy behind the velvet curtain right now.
1: <laughs> well, that's flattering. Thank You're you. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. You know, for those who don't know, why don't we talk a little bit about your background? We're going to talk about Spooler. Don't worry. We're going to talk about that. Sure. But let's talk a little bit about your last role at Apple and like what you were doing at Apple
1: yeah thanks um well I I wanted to say first of all I appreciate the invitation to to appear on your program and great to chat with you you. one-on-one and with your audience thank you thank you um so I I had the privilege of being at Apple for uh like 17 and a half years I think was at the end of the day um amazing uh and formative experience in my career as you can imagine Last 10 years or so, I was running Apple Podcasts, uh, a small but mighty team looking after the podcast directory and operations and editorial, The um, working with the folks that designed the, and built the app and uh, maintain the kind of engineering infrastructure that drives that whole system. What a thrill to um, uh, work with uh, amazing creators, in, including the folks that live in corporate and um, all the other shows that you know, uh, enrich so many listeners around the
0: world. It was really a a pleasure and a privilege. You know, it's interesting, you know, we're having this podcast, having this interview, because I I think about like podcasting. It's still, it's so interesting, right? Because there's like millions of podcasts. um, And there's like, there's Mm -hmm. so many created every single day. And yet like podcasting as a a space, is still like in its infancy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we have so more and more people like historically marginalized people are like leveraging technology to amplify their voices. And it feels like everybody's having a podcast. Like, I'm curious, like when you think about, especially like considering your background, like what, what points of advice are like, or else before I get to advice, what observations do you (laughs) have as it pertains to like, just, getting into podcasting and like just the space at large and, and let me be let me even let me help you with the question cuz i recognize it's very broad um when we look at like these playlists and we look at podcasts that blow up more and more like mm. we're seeing they're part of some network right like you know abc stood them up or vox or vice or whoever right yeah all the biggest media brands right the like right so like this 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 tool that was like indie and really was supposed to help really mobilize independent voices is now like re- like you're seeing like millions upon millions of dollars getting invested in this space and then you're seeing like you're seeing mm-hmm. them like on the largest stages like mm-hmm. talk to me about like your perspective as to what you saw over your 17 years leading the small and the mighty team and like what dynamics you started kind of coming in coming to uh, what what dynamics you saw coming into play
1: Yeah, that's a great question and gets to the heart, I think, of what drew so many of my colleagues at Apple and so many amazing and talented folks in the industry to podcasting in the first place was the seeing it as a vehicle for democratization of audio, uh, seeing it as a way for folks to very easily reach a global audience, maybe for the first time in audio, Um, whereas before it's, you know, in the history of radio, it's been a very um, narrow doorway to walk through to be able to get a voice on a radio station highly curated and controlled, and, and the idea that podcasting can play a part in empowering new voices that maybe had been traditionally underrepresented or you know, it hadn't been as a whole reflective of the population of a country. And, and, you know, the U.S., of course, is the biggest market for podcasts, but what intrigued me was uh, just the global nature of it too, where you could launch a show out of your bedroom or garage and and find a, uh, you know, a global audience for a very specific topic. That's another aspect of podcasting that always fascinated me. It's a place where, because the barrier to entry was so low, you could really get a niche on and and find an audience because they would seek out that kind of content one of the examples I, I sometimes cite in that case is like a pen collecting like if you want to get the best content about fine pen collections and uh, you know fine in high-end brands for fine pens you could find a podcast about that and I, I love that I think I just think that's so cool and uh, part of the joy of the editorial function of the Apple Podcast team that I I found uh, significant was the celebration of indie voices right alongside some of those biggest media brands in the world that you're you know talking about a second ago and uh, being able to do that kind of you know what they call in in the music business A and R and finding a gem to put it you know right up next to in a promotional sense next to a huge brand that already carried weight and you know had some brand equity and sort of expectations of quality, you could, you could have those be on a level playing field in a way that just wasn't possible before podcasting, which is so cool.
0: I mean, I agree. I think though, like we're at the heart of my observation right now is like, it's harder and harder to pop. Like so you kind of talked about, you mm. talked a little bit about you made it a, um, um, a comparison to the music industry, right? Like, you know, it's not that it's impossible. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but it's like, you know, like the, if you, it, it feels like the machines are more and more visible with some of these, yeah, some of these shows, man. And like, I really continue to believe that for black and brown folks, um, you know, who are like really trying to like get into, I think I believe that we're still seeing just the beginning of black and brown folks getting into podcasting. I think that like, yeah, right, like like we're, mm-hmm. like we're still very much so at the beginning. And just like everything else, there's going to be mm-hmm. a bunch of podcasts and all of them aren't going to be great. And ton, tons of them won't even be consistent. But there's going to be, again, uh, continuous entry into this space. And like one, man, I want to talk a little bit about and I told you I'd ask you about this on the record, and I, I do want to talk to you on the record, too. But I'm going to ask for the sake of the audience. <laughs> like, I remember when I hit you up and, like, because I found you, like, on LinkedIn. And I found somebody else, so I'm not going to say their name because they still working out. But I was like, yo, yo, I got this. I got this pod, James. And, like, and I don't know. And, like, yeah. one, I want to talk about, like, I want to talk in real time about how you felt about that because... I don't know, like I don't, and I and I want this to be educational for our for our listeners because I have we have a lot of folks who are creators, um, and creatives, um, and who are like, yo, how did like how do you grow your, pot? you know, I reached out to you out of the mm. blue, you did not know me, right? You happen to follow follow Living Corporate, um, I talked to you about, living, I emailed you because I I I don't even know how I got your email, but I found you, <laughs> I kept talking, and then like and then like a.
1: I think persistence, Zach. Persistence is the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I emailed you, talked to you about Living Corporate. I was like, hey, man, look, I got yeah. this person. they about to be on the show. You need to check. And so I would say maybe yeah. like a month. I don't know. Sometime later. It wasn't immediate. We was on New and Noteworthy. Mm-hmm. And we were there for like, I don't know, like, I felt like we were there for like a month. Um, Man, like...
1: That's a good run. It's
0: a good run. <laughs> hey, man, I thought so. Um, and then, and then I saw us <laughs> on other things. Like I, I would see us. Like if there was ever a space where it was like something about career or black voices, yeah. like I would see us. Like talk like as much as you can here. Talk mm-hmm. to me about one how you received me persistently hitting you up. Two, the machinations mm-hmm. of how all that of what happened was it as ran as was it random. Was it you pounding the table? Did you just try to drop me in a hat and like a bunch of folks with like crane masks in a dark room <laughs> lit some candles and then pick my name out? Like what happened? Sure. Well, I will.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll shed some light without revealing any uh, trade tra- tra- okay. secrets that Apple podcast team would be upset about. But, um, you know, I think stepping back uh, podcasting at the very beginning was a pretty monocultural Uh, medium and and media type Um, and part of the excitement of seeing it mature you know like the difference between when apple added podcast support in 2005 and say the launch of the ios app in 2012 and then when serial went thermonuclear as uh, matt from gimlet uh, described it in 2014 which coincided with the iOS app on on uh, Apple Podcasts going native for the first mm-hmm. time. So the, just the change in content over the arc of that where the first uh, directory when uh, iTunes 4.9 launched was 3,000 shows. And as you very correctly pointed out, um, I think there are 4 or 5 million at this point. And that's shows, not episodes. So the episodes are, uh, you know, a multiple of the number of shows. Um, so by... Uh, definition and and by um, character over the arc of that fifteen years now seventeen years we saw a greater diversity in the shows and and the the content base being more representative of the populations of of folks that were you know in the countries where podcasting was popular so it was um, a specific effort to try and make sure that the editorial being presented was reflective of the society that we were part of you know like the service got to that level where it's not you know we're not trying to be niche here we're trying to have something a little bit of something for everybody in an editorial perspective and comment where we could uh as kind of i was alluding to before you could blend big media brands that dominate you know magazines and terrestrial radio and tv and movies and stuff and participate there and have brand um, momentum and value and equity with um, smaller independent voices that were coming from, you know, maybe uh, traditionally underserved or underheard from uh, communities on the radio specifically. And how could we make a compelling editorial offer to make sure that we were reflecting and also trying to attract people from all the the different parts of the, the, the society that we were trying to market to. So that was, um, I think a great example of some uh, consistent marketing pitching and promotion that once, you know, we kind of became aware of your show uh, there's a team that handles those inbound requests. And you can, I think, find in, in the modern times, a form on uh, the uh, uh, podcast connect uh, uh, interface that Apple maintains for podcast creators. And that has a pathway to submit your you know pitch form for promotional consideration and i think what you were doing kind of back in the day was a prototype version of that uh with an admirable degree of tenacity (laughs) and so that kind of you know got on the radar and and then fit very well with uh, a promotional cycle that you know the the way that you can put together collections of content in that editorial sense and highlight individual shows in different ways is really fun and that's it's quite an um a uh decision making process and 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 wanting to impart a sense of taste and an editorial voice on this massive catalog to choose from is really a challenge but what a delight and what a special and fun challenge to do to make sure that on a weekly basis or an interweekly basis you're presenting this perspective on the global catalog for a local audience and and hopefully reaching you know folks come and hear themselves reflect and learn something new about their you know not only other communities but their own communities um uh, you know at, at a high level that's that's the idea and i think a lot of the value and, and joy uh that we were striving for. well
0: you know i'm gonna say like i just i remember i remember when um we got we made the playlist and, I, and then I, again like at this point now i kind of i see us in different places i'm like oh this stuff and i just was like and i just remember james at the time and it's funny right because this is just what like access and stuff does we didn't know each other. I, you were literally just a figure. So it kind of felt like you and like a couple other people were just like pulling these strings, man. It was just felt like and it felt like I was talking to like <laughs> this, like like this really powerful dude. And it was it's, it, I chuckle about it because um, there's another person who, um, again, like I'm not going to say the name, but like they follow Living Corporate on LinkedIn and they follow us on social and they follow us like, all these different places, but they never interact with me, right? So I'll be like, yo, what's up? And they like just they don't say a thing. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, man, yeah. what is that about? Right. So so I guess like <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, I my question is my 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 and they and they'll like like our newsletter and stuff. I'm like, yo, like what's up? Like, can you put me on this? That's cool. Right. So it's I'm like, yo, but put me on this, put me back on new <laughs> and over. Uh but no, so it's just funny, like, I guess my question to you is when you think about up and coming Voices or frankly, there are a lot of black and brown podcasts that have been really doing this for a while and they just haven't you know they don't they don't they haven't had a, a push or a thing like that and like what would you recommend mm-hmm. that like they do yeah. because right now i don't i think i don't i think gatekeepers i don't think they're people anymore I think they're the algorithms right and like just like when it mm-hmm. comes to like popping as mm-hmm. an artist, the playlists are critical what what would you right. recommend? For someone, if they're really trying to like get more eyes on their pod, of course you tell your friends. Of course you use social. You do all the things that Google tells you to do. But what else <laughs> would you recommend in terms of really growing your audience? Because yeah. because that's that's really where mm-hmm. like I know for a fact like a lot of folks will nope out of even like they'll, like they'll have really great ideas of pods, but they'll do it for a year mm-hmm. and they still only, and they only have a hundred downloads a pod. Or they only have, you know, I don't know, a thousand downloads a month, something, you know, whatever. And they just stop. But it's like, damn, they have really great like the quality is good. The conversation is good, but Mm -hmm. they're not getting the engagement. So they stop and it's like, man, it feels like it feels like there's a dual benefit to Mm -hmm. based on if based on the mission that you articulated. So, like, what would you recommend to Mm -hmm. them in terms of like how to get more exposure on these platforms that play pods? Yeah,
1: and I just to be clear, I'm you know, I'm not a member of the Apple podcast team anymore,
0: anymore, so I
1: can't speak to their daily, you know, their current uh fair fair qualification. Yes, the the (laughs) I said to qualify, uh, but you know, that that pitch form is an important kind of tactical thing to keep in your in your toolbox. And I think that, you know, going back to discoverability, you know, the flip side of that growth coin, right, is now podcasting is more than ever a hits business, like the music business, where a certain popularity curve of the catalog, you could say, where the vast majority of listening and consumption and action is right at the top, and then there's this huge tranche of uh, middle-tier folks with high-quality, consistent content that's uh You know, hitting that that bar of listenability, but is struggling to break above the, you know, the 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 curve of audience um, size and really break into that next level. And I think there's a lot of grind in there. Unfortunately, I wish there was a, a simpler recommendation I could make, but I think there's a lot of making yourself available for interviews on other shows to talk about why your show is special and try to capture a percentage of those folks to cross listen. And making appearances at places where listeners in your uh, target audience are gonna gather, yeah. and you know, grinding it out with talking about how great your show is and spreading the word. I think there's a component of media marketing which is just kind of inescapable. You gotta be um, spending a little bit on where your audience lives and marketing against target shows. That can be one thing where you're identifying a peer program and trying to just make people who listen to that show aware of how great your programming is. an exchange of, you know, of, of time is one of those where you're inviting a, uh, a person, you know, kind of punching above your weight onto your show and interviewing them and getting people that are following them interested in your program, even after they're gone. But that's all that's all grind, man, I don't I don't have a lot of, um, you know, c- cut to the front of the line advice for you. But quality is is also the thing I would emphasize and just making sure you're delivering an excellent product for your, your listener. Like, I got, I don't know
0: anything more important than that. I was going to say, like, I think there, that is like the non-sexy advice though. Right. But like with podcasts, like media across the board for sure, but podcasts, it's just like, well, you just gotta, you just gotta go. You just gotta go. Right. Like you just like, you gotta keep, yeah. you know, and I remember there's this guy I was talking to, his name is Rod. There's a show called the black guy who tips um, with his wife, uh, Karen. And we talked early and I said, and this was like when I was like on pod, like number five, like I was on episode like number five. Mm-hmm. and He was like, man, you just got to be consistent. You just got to like, like literally yeah. don't miss, like just keep going for a long time. Um. Well, look, I appreciate that. Like a little, little meta. That's great advice. Tenacity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You just, I mean, it is what it is. Like, now look, I a little meta, but I was like, man, I can't believe my this dude, James, on the pod. So I'm going to ask him on the record about what in the world happened. Because a bunch of people, a bunch of black, I'm going to tell you straight, a bunch of black and brown podcasts was like, how did you get on there? I was like, I just found them. on." Um, <laughs> What's your inside? I was like, I don't even know this person. And like I was like, I was like, I just literally searched podcast Apple on LinkedIn and then sent a bunch of DM, a bunch of in messages. Like that's all I did. So yeah. anywho, I agree. The intake form is super critical. And there's something else you said though, about mm-hmm. hits though, right? It's like, one thing that I still don't, we still don't do, but like we should, is we interview like really dope. Like we had an interview with W. Kamal Bell a couple, like a month ago, right? In hindsight, we should have like used the submit form and be like, yo, we just interviewed W. Kamal Bell, like check this out. Like, yeah, like that would like, you know, just well, it's about like being tenacious, even like using the tools. Right. Like so.
1: Well, in a ti- there's a timing element to that as well, Zach, mm-hmm. where you got you land a really great like if is an interview show. And you land a really special, you know, this is the best thing this year that we've done. That's the kind of thing to pitch up to, at least the folks at Apple Podcasts, I'm sure Spotify is the same way and the others. Um, But that, you know, that extra special thing you're excited about, the other tactical advice I would give is, is making sure that you're pointing to the platform you're pitching on your marketing. Even if that's free, you know, marketing on social where you're tweeting about something, Make sure you got a clear call to action that says follow on Apple Podcast. The language matters, right? Because now we have paid subscription. Which subscription means paid now on premium experience in Apple Podcasts. So be sure to say follow if it's a free show, and then if you have uh, you know paid subscribe, and th- you know that's really appreciated because that's it's much better than say you know everywhere you get your podcast, which is like the most bland and useless CTA you could have, it. that's kind of marketing one-on-one, but even doing something like, you know, one tweet for Spotify, one tweet for Apple is a good good pointer in, you know, basics of of marketing. And then when you're pitching, you can say, look, we're directing our uh, small but mighty following to, uh, you know, your your platform, which is part of the overall goal there. So, I th- I, you know, I think it's some of the t- tactical techniques there that you can bring to bear.
0: I love that. Now, look, uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about your backstory uh, with, um, you know, at Apple. But man, let's talk a little bit about spooler media because I'm looking at your sure. I'm looking at this entire like your team here. It's you know it, it's just it's crazy. You, you're the CEO. Um, like I said, you were head of podcasts at Apple. You got um the co founder of Slate Audio and Megaphone, Andy Bowers, you got um, you got uh Dan Benjamin, who's the founder of Fireside, um, and the Five By Five Podcast Network was your cto and then you got carrie Donohue, who uh is the ep a former ep at wnyc like you have this like crazy like team of just who's who of who's who in podcasting tell me like the impetus to exit and build spooler talk to me a little bit mm-hmm. about like why spooler? Oh, like why why spooler? Why today? And then the last question, the last sure. question, I'm gonna remind you because you're probably gonna forget because I asked you two big questions. The last question I'm gonna ask you is what is spooler doing to help amplify black and brown voices in media? So those are my three questions. Okay. All right, let's go.
1: Uh yeah, sounds good. Well, let me see if I can remember all that. So <laughs> um after a, such a long uh run at at such an amazing company. I really appreciate and value my experience and the people I got to work with at Apple after such a long time, as I said, very formative in my own career and um, trying to be a learner when I was there the whole time and making sure I was seeing the way these world-class operators ran teams and did marketing and thought about product and, and then was really inspired by that. And I am at the same time was looking for some new challenges and an ability to, to really tightly focus on a, a narrow set of problems that I could work very closely with um, a product team and an engineering team. And so I uh, identified the launch of, of um, you know subscriptions and Apple Podcasts as a great moment to, to step back and, and tackle some new things outside the company. It was... Um, A great opportunity to connect with industry colleagues including mr bowers who was a og podcaster from i mean actually before itunes supported he was making it that early and one of a very small crew of folks that have been there from the very beginning in his case it's slate audio and um and so he was looking for his next thing you know he had co-founded panoply which became megaphone and exited to, to, to spotify in a spectacular development for them and um, so the opportunity to partner with him and then his buddy, Henry Blodgett, who they know back from school, who of course has Insider and that amazing digital news native organization wanting to do something in, in audio. And we identified this great opportunity to, to start with a clean sheet kind of uh, production publishing workflow to enable audio creators to, um, to rapidly Produce podcasts and, and audio for apps, and what a cool challenge! Uh, traditionally, uh, what I would regard as a weak part of the podcast overall infrastructure RSS 2.0 is notorious for slow indexing. Right back in the day, I mean, you've been you've been in this space long enough. You probably remember when it took a long time to get a new Bruh. episode to show up on the. It was platform. so anxiety
0: inducing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you're re- you're checking it, you're refreshing, yeah, and it's not yeah. there. Six, ten, twelve hours later, yes. even. But that not not everyone knows that that is history. It's a lot of that technical debt has been retired. There's been really a lot of great advancements in rapid indexing, with an investment by the platforms. And so, you know, our analysis showed there was a matter of minutes now before if you really had a good uh, metadata scheme, um, new episodes were showing on the platforms. So this created an opportunity to 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 stand up a new company that was dedicated towards you know what we like to call real time audio. And it, it's bringing the best of live radio, but uh, on demand like podcasts. You get that immediacy, the ability to cover, you know, in the first use case, headline news, breaking news in a way that was very fast, it but it was always delivered in the context of a show where it's, you know, scripted and it's crafted and it has an arc to it rather than, you know, with like live radio where occasionally you, you're dropping into the middle and it's, it's starting on the clock instead of your schedule. So that's the thesis behind Spooler and a couple of the architectural decisions we made in service of that thesis uh, include modularity. So it's it's basically a, a playlist. It's it's a very sophisticated playlist maker is the CMS. So you take segments of you know stories, and it's very easy and rapid to create a new episode of a show, especially where you have a a show that's templated, and you can um, clone it inside Spooler, make a new episode that has the same template in terms of. Uh, looping music mm-hmm. bed or sound effects, intro mm-hmm. and outro, and then replace the the fresh content very quickly. So we started with real-time news and we've added, um, you know, weather with uh, Fox Weather News Corp team. We've just signed uh, Chicago Public Media and Southern California Public Radio to um, uh, new projects that they're working on. We've got an app customer in uh, Circa app from the frequency machine team and some others so it's a a really gratifying experience to be uh delivering an efficiency tool and a new capability for these amazing content makers and uh it's been a real privilege to partner with as you point out like what what a dream team right i feel like uh maybe danny ocean uh, putting a crew together or maybe like hannibal from the a team maybe that's better you know like I love it when a plan comes together <laughs> and we got these rock stars, including Dan Benjamin, our CTO. Wow. If you could land that guy, he's another OG, you know, thousands of broadcast hours and podcasting. Plus he's an amazing right. engineer. So, um, Andy and Carrie and Colin, our, our senior engineers actually ex Apple as well. And then Mr. Scott Simpson who used to be my colleague on Apple podcast. So a really fantastic group, uh, to work with. One of the things we're doing to empower, um, Different voices is the our, our take on social sharing mm. for audio. So, uh, I mean, I think this has broad use cases, but I think it's applicable to this question mm. where each segment on Spooler is uh, kind of uh, optimized for sharing. So you can uh, take a subsection, a chapter in, an, in a podcast episode, another way to think about it. And that unto itself can be a complete listening experience in the sort of short form TikTok style, where it's got a wrapper of metadata. You can share a spooler segment out of the RSS feed description with a share button. And then our web embed, which you can see at um, insider.com slash the refresh, each of the segments is shareable. So if you like a story, I could send you the story about the Ukrainian newlyweds and their their interesting uh, you know, experience. And it uh, Spooler will automatically top and tail it with an intro and outro, and it's you know 90 seconds long and very friendly to uh, to audio sharing. So that's kind of our take on on social, which we hope would um, you know all the users of Spooler, including the you know the folks that were traditionally underrepresented, could use to spread their message and, and you know easier for marketing purposes get in get a new, you know new listeners on their show. The idea being, of course, that would be a sampler. One story would be a sampler and the CTA would be now follow on Apple podcasts or, or uh, elsewhere.
0: I love that. Um, first of all, it's interesting because I'm looking at the website and just like the functionality when you think about podcasting or like just audio in that way as like a learning modality, I have so many ideas and questions about application for brands who want to, um, like let's say work with a branding company and like publish a bunch of different spotlights to um, to really drive employee engagement or if they want mm. to like use it as a bunch of marketing copy to talk about why a particular demographic should work at their company like being able to quickly like mm. organize audio and like that's really dope man that's super exciting
1: mm. sounds like we should have an off mic uh off-mic I'm saying I mean maybe, maybe
0: maybe James I don't know perhaps. <laughs> uh but no 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 so i what i'm excited about though is like what gets my my ge- the gears turning is i think about the fact that you have all these oh like to your language OGS. Oh, geez we're well, really my language i it's interesting how language works right james like OGS, oh, historically a black phrase but it's been around so long white mm-hmm. folks say it you say it and i'm kind of like eh, i mean i don't know if i'm gonna say yep. OGS. Oh, no i'm saying it back as if it's your language okay. but it's mine it's just very interesting how like Culture and language come together. Anyway, the point is. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, is like. all There are a bunch of people who've been creating and like building content for years. And like, I just refuse to believe in like these libraries of podcast media. That there isn't gems or something to mine from it. Mm-hmm. And apply in mm-hmm. different and new ways.
1: Yeah. Archive discovery
0: for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I just think I think about all these creators who have like hundreds of episodes. Or, or let's mm-hmm. just say, you know, they had a podcast two years ago and they were really consistent for like three years and they stopped. Mm-hmm. Like that sucks, man. Like that right. sucks. You have all this content that you didn't even, that you that you, that you, that's just sitting there.
1: Right. Yeah. Discoverability. You know, one thing that, uh, that some of the platforms and including Apple are doing is doing auto- automated transcription for discovery. It's not As far as I know, it's not the whole catalog, but having a part of the catalog made know, driven by whatever uh, KPI popularity or what have you um, be indexed with a transcript and then topic and keyword enabled for search is a really cool way to help with as, you know, exactly as you were saying, like getting the gems and value out of the archive where as a marketing exercise, you're probably not focused on last year's, uh, you know, February episode. But it might be very relevant to something that's going on today, especially within an interview context, where you maybe you've got the last interview with an amazing talent that is no longer with us, and you know you you either got to put that as a new episode in your feed to get it to the top of the list and then make it visible, or uh, you know discovery through some of these uh, topic analysis techniques where someone searching for that person is going to pop. And I, I think there's a lot of potential for um kind of credits and person ids as a, a vehicle for discovery and podcast that's relatively unexploited i was very uh happy to see the, the pod chaser guys do so well on that i mean how well they built that out the imdb of podcasting and then their exit so i hope they keep going and, and keep innovating on that because as a vehicle for discovery specifically for archive content i think that's an amazing you know by people and then Where did they appear and who are the people that came on those shows that where they, you know, they did their appearances and which are the most popular and what a great uh, kind of relatively unexplored discovery paradigm and kind of different angle into this massive, uh, you know, base of
0: content, the four and five million podcasts that we have now. I mean, I'm just excited, right? Because like, it's just more and more application of technology. Um, It's kind of spooky, too, I'll tell you, though, like. Because, you know, in the wrong hands, like, what, you know, who's who's to say, right? Um, and so I guess my last question to you is, you know, where does, like, responsibility and, like, um, equitable and accessible experience come into, like, Spooler's ethos as y'all continue to develop out your products?
1: That's a great question. Um, we We don't have a lot of... Discoverability. Um, well, that's that's not true. I mean, we're we're trying to make uh, take advantage of the modular structure that we've chosen for the the maker kind of workflow on on Spooler to ensure that it benefits everybody who's who's on the platform. And you know, that's kind of our technology first approach to to making sure that even the content that's not you know doesn't make the description. Uh, it doesn't make the the first segment in the order of your show, it still can have a life unto its own. And hopefully there's some intrinsic value to that approach for everybody that comes to make shows on the platform. Uh, so I think we're trying to add a, a page of the, uh, you know, sort of a, a page of the book of the, the democratization of, of media in that way, in a very small way. The other thing that I, I think that we could potentially offer, you know, getting a little ahead of myself at the moment. But another thing that modularity achieves is remixability, where the idea of being able to take content from different sources and then put them together. And that involves, you know, personalized algorithms and me uh, and the team trying to help figure out what would be good for a listener to receive. Now, that's an opportunity to really make sure that we Ooh, boy. Uh, yeah, but but that's a whole that's a whole thing, right? And you got to be very careful about, to your point earlier, about how you design those algorithms and do or do not put your you know your thumb on the scale with you know it's it's fraught with peril as we can see with Facebook and Twitter and others that uh, do that at scale. So I think there's a big responsibility um, there, and and you know, spooler's not there yet, but if we're privileged enough to get to that scale and scope at some point in the future will be a very interesting and, and uh, thoughtful exercise for sure to
0: roll something like that out. Let me tell you something, James, I say this tongue in cheek, but I do mean it. Your team is too experienced, too white and too male to not be successful. Y'all will be just fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh man. I am aware of how
1: white and male we are for sure. Yes. Uh, that, that is uh, on me to, uh, you know, improve that situation but thank you i appreciate that in the spirit it was said. absolutely man uh look I'm excited <laughs> and i appreciate i appreciate the opportunity to come on your show it's um, a privilege
0: hey i appreciate that um look you're a friend of the show thank you for all the work you did and or didn't do you know what i'm saying to help out live in corporate all those years ago means a lot it's meant a lot it's helped a lot with our audience it's helped a lot with some of the things that we're doing we've continued to do and uh look man You got to come back as Spooler continues to grow and do your thing. Let's just figure it out, bro. You're always welcome.
1: Love to. Well, and, and thank you for the quality programming. That's what it's all about at the end of the day, for sure. Oh, thank you, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, sir. Talk to you again soon. Bye.
0: Peace. And we're back. Yo, thank you so much for listening to Living Corporate. You know where we at. We're everywhere you listen to podcasts. You know what I'm saying? We're literally everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Corporate, living-corporate, please say to dash.com or just Google Living Corporate. You know what I'm saying? At this point, SEO is pretty popping. You type in Living Corporate, we're going to pop up somewhere, okay? Make sure you check us out. Links in the show notes. You learn more about us, learn what we're trying to do. Make sure you actually create a profile on living-corporate.com, Okay. Make a profile on there so you can actually stay in tune and up to date with what we got going on. You make a profile, you select content that you're really interested in. And then we'll push content to you from our library so you can actually have a curated experience every time you go and log into Living Corporate. Ain't that dope? Okay, think about that. we got over a thousand podcasts and and different digital media and content that we've made over the years. And it's going to be all pushed and curated for you, baby, for you, dog, for you. All right. Till next time. I love you. Take care of yourself. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate, LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.